serving communities in northern and central Wisconsin and the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. This is Aspirus Health Talk with Melanie Cole. Children are really a blessing, but there are many couples who wish to have children but just can't seem to get pregnant. Are you one of them? Do you have questions about fertility treatments? My guest today is Dr. Suja Roberts. She's an Aspirus Medford Hospital ob with special interest in infertility. Welcome to the show, Dr. Roberts. So tell us a little bit about how somebody would know if they are infertile or need to seek treatments because sometimes there are other factors. We're too stressed out or we we think we can't get pregnant. How do we know when it's really time to seek treatment? Thank you, Melanie, and let me thank you for having me on your show today. Um, yes, you're right. Children are a blessing, and uh, most of the times it, we, we get our blessings without trying too hard. But uh, many times, you know, um, as young couples try start trying to get pregnant, um, sometimes they may ha- they may encounter some difficulties in their path, and so scientifically and traditionally, what we um, always um, would tell patients would be like, okay, you are young. When I say young, I mean a couple is less than like you know thirty five years of age, and uh, typically, if a couple have had unprotected intercourse for twelve months and have not been successful to become pregnant, that is a time that we recommend that they see a provider or talk to their provider about starting some some kind of a investigation or some kind of a baseline testing to see what's going on. Now, if they are older, if, if the woman is about 30, 35, 34, 35 years old and has been trying to get pregnant and has not been pregnant for, like, let's say, six months then we do recommend testing right away because, as we all know, um, with women, our fertility kind of takes a deep dive downwards once we hit that 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 magic, or I shouldn't say magic, but once we hit that age 35. So when they come to see you, and you, they've described how often they're having unprotected intercourse and what's going on in their lives, what's the first thing you do for them? How do you test? So first of all, it'll be, a, um, you know, I take a detailed history about both of them, you know, both the man and the woman. We take histories basically as to how is their health and do they have any medical problems? What was their past medical history? Have they had any surgeries on their, um, you know, on their reproductive organs? We always look at what medications they're taking. And then we take the, their sexual history, like how uh, how frequently are they having intercourse, and do they have any problems um, with with the with the male? We ask questions about problems with erection, ejaculation, um, retrograde ejaculation, and with the woman, we ask if she has any discomfort or you know problems or pain during intercourse. We also elicit. Um, history about the woman's menstrual history. Is she getting her periods regularly? So um, so we take all this history and, uh, and then we do um, proceed with a clinical exam of the woman. And for the male, we do, um, you know, if there is an indication, we do um, recommend him to get a complete physical exam as well. And then we start off the uh, evaluation basically with a semen analysis because we need to make sure that, you know, the man has adequate number of sperms in his semen and all other parameters which are normal. 
And then we do um, do some testing on the woman's blood, basically looking at her reproductive hormones and the status of her ovaries. And if necessary, at some point we do add another test where we look at the uterus and the fallopian tubes, basically to make sure the anatomy is normal. I always like to tell my patients, when you take 100 couples who are exactly in, in your shoes and look at them to see what's causing delay in getting pregnant, we see that in about 40% of the times, it's female factor. 40% of the times, it's male factor. 10%, both there'll be both male and female factors involved. And in another 10%, everything is perfect and they just cannot get pregnant, which we call it as unexplained infertility. So... Once we get this basic investigation or evaluation, then the treatment proceeds depending on if we find any underlying factor that's causing this problem. Obviously, the treatment would be directed towards that. So outline for us, Dr. Roberts, some of the initial treatments, starting with some of the more simple ones like Clomid, if a woman has problems ovulating, and what you do from there on. So if um, following the evaluation, if everything is normal. Let's assume that, you know, she is good and he is good and everything is looking good. It's just taking a while for them to make uh, to become pregnant. So we start off with what we call as home Clomid, where I do let the patients take a low dose of Clomid, which is typically 50 milligrams, from the third day of their cycle for five days, then uh, start doing the ovulation prediction tests. Either they can do it with, there are a number of ways a woman can determine whether she's ovulating or not. And one of the common ones are over-the-counter urine sticks where she, um, you know, dips the, the, the stick in her urine starting on the day 10 or day 11 of her cycle. And then once the, the stick or the ovulation prediction stick turns positive, then the couple will proceed with timed intercourse and so as to, you know, kind of increase their odds of getting pregnant. So that would be the first step. And with that based on how, I mean, if there is no um, response to that, if she doesn't get pregnant with three or four cycles of this home Clomid, we move on to increasing the dose of the Clomid. And we, you know, once we increase the dose of medications, we do also add some form of a monitoring or what we call a follicle scan, where we actually take a look at the ovaries with an ultrasound to see if the woman is responding or if, if, she, if her ovaries are forming eggs. So, and based on that, we either, um, again, we can go in a stepwise fashion and, uh, you know, and tell them, okay, now we can go ahead and, you know, have time in our course, or we can also induce ovulation with medications. And then um, the couple can have intercourse at home. In certain instances, if, you know, if they, the, they, they can also opt for in-office insemination as well, as the case may be. So, I mean, this would be the kind of uh, minimally invasive, low-key uh, treatment that we that can be done in most of the clinics. But at some point, you know, if there is no response or if there's no luck to these um, uh, these you know, low-key measures, then um, a certain percentage of couple may need more advanced reproductive technology like in vitro fertilization and embryo transfer. Because we don't have a lot of time, Dr. Roberts, mm-hmm. give us a quick overview of in vitro fertilization and when you would tell a couple it's time to stop. Because they, they have a lot of hope. This is a very difficult thing to go through. And when do you say, okay, 
now I think you've tried everything? That's a very um, interesting, but it's a very difficult question. As a as a doctor, um, I encounter these patients, and it's hard for somebody to say, "Well, stop now," because they are not ready for that answer. But anyway, in in vitro fertilization, um, most of the centers have their criteria for um, couples to be eligible to enter into this program. There is an age limit. There is a limit on how um, the body mass index. So so there are strict criteria that will guide the couples to tell them whether they're eligible to enter into this program or not. Now, in vitro is where um, the woman's ovaries are stimulated to produce more eggs. And at the right time, when the eggs are of uh, size, when when they're ready for fertilization, these eggs are aspirated out of their ovaries. And basically, in a Petri dish, in the lab, uh, the egg is um, allowed to get fertilized by the, by the sperm. And there are many different technologies. We, can, we don't have to go into that details. But once the fertilization happens in the Petri dish, in the ovary, after a certain stage, the embryo is actually picked up and it's uh, loaded into a, a little tube and it is injected into the woman's womb where it implants and hopefully grows and becomes a fetus. So that's, in a nutshell, what IVF-ET involves. But like I said, um, if it's a ex- very expensive procedure, and uh, financial constraints oftentimes guide patients to kind of stop after they have tried like maybe like two or three cycles. But again, like I said, if you're older, again, I can't say if you're 40 years old, I cannot say don't try, because there are couples who are, in their 40s, and they do want to get pregnant, and they're aware of all the risks involved. And as long as they're willing to take the risks involved and uh, and uh, also the cost, um, they do go into these procedures. So in just the last minute, Dr. Roberts, if you would, give your best advice to those listening that are considering infertility treatments and why they should come to Aspirus and speak with you about this. Um. I always advise my patients um, to be aware of this time limit or age limit. And uh, and I also would like to remind them that after a certain age, a woman's fertility kind of takes a deep dive down. So do not wait for too long. And if you're under 30, you can you try you wait for about 12 months of unprotected intercourse. And if you don't get pregnant, please come in and get get evaluated. If you're older than 30, if you're not getting pregnant within like six to seven months of trying, please see a, please see a provider and, uh, you know, go ahead and get evaluated. Thank you so much. It's really great information. You're listening to Aspirus Health Talk. For more information, you can go to Aspirus.org. That's Aspirus.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.